0: You're you're
1: you're tuned into
0: It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Super wild card weekend is here. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsay?
1: It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, but I will admit it does not feel like the playoffs like it did this time last year.
0: Yeah. Um You know what I mean? I think there's a few reasons for that, but uh big one could be uh doesn't feel like the game is gonna be best on best
1: well I think you could have looked at the matchup last year and yes I know the Raiders were kind of starting to get it a little together in that game and this team was dealing with a 31 year playoff drought so you always kind of had that in the back of your head this one and last year two games that the Bengals can win we'll obviously get to the preview and prediction for that later on in the podcast but it just feels different I don't know if it's because this team obviously had a very amazing season last year in 2021. And then they were able to put up 12 wins this season. They win the division and expectations are a little bit different from the Marvin Lewis years when it was the playoff weekend and wild card weekend. Anything could happen. These are AFC North teams going up against each other, but it just doesn't feel like it feels like a regular game right now.
0: Yeah. I think that comes with the expectations too of like the last year it felt a lot like, please win this playoff game, win the first playoff game in 30 years type mentality. And now the expectation is uh, looking beyond it, whether or not you should, I don't know. I I don't think you should. It's week to week still. You don't want to get upset in the first round, but instead of being like a three point favorite at home, they're like a 10 point favorite right now. (laughs) And it really feels like if they don't win this game, it'll be one of the biggest playoff probably the biggest playoff letdown like any of those mid 2010s teams they were never favored by this much even that game against the chargers that everybody thought they should win or against tj yates <laughs> you know yeah it didn't feel like they like if they lose like something happened um that i guess tj yates happened but we, we're all over it right It's it's been 10 years 10 more plus years
1: it, all i remember is yates and jj watt Yeah, it was
0: really J.J. Watt, who, incredible player. I don't think he gets enough respect because he was as good as Aaron Donald at his peak.
1: Yeah. Just injuries took it away. Yeah, I agree with you. I guess when you look at those games with Marvin Lewis and the Andy Dalton years, expectations – I would say 2015 Andy Dalton's out one of their best seasons. He wasn't even playing in that wild card game. So things are a little bit different and you're right. Expectations are different with this team. This is one of the most talented teams. I still feel like they're better than last year. And I know they're dealing with more injuries this year, but I kind of want to back it up to Joe Burrow because look, in that game this past weekend, the club did enough. I don't think it was anything special. It was okay. Felt like they were always gonna win the game. Got a little too close for comfort at times when uh it, it came down to, hey, you better win this game or it's gonna be a coin toss for for a home playoff game. <laughs> you look at Joe Burrow's play and it just it it wasn't Joe Burrow. The expectations are high for him, and it just felt like he had a few misses that Joe normally makes.
0: Absolutely. Surprising, this is too. I went back and I mean, I've watched this offense three times. I have not watched the defense three times because it was Anthony Brown and it could be again. Mm-hmm. on someday. <laughs> so maybe I'll watch it again but when I watch this off it's like three times because I, the first two times are just for me and then the third time I keep seeing everybody say that Roquan Smith is the Bengals kryptonite and all these other things so I wanted to check that out and was it really the Ravens defense doing all this and I already had an opinion about what the Bengals did schematically but I wanted to take a look at Burrow because I've also heard some takes about like well there was pressure that's why he was made now like yes on one throw maybe Definitely one throw, there was pressure that caused the erratic throw, the underthrow deep to chase. He had nowhere to step up. But, oh, my goodness. He he was bad, in my opinion. Like, maybe if he was a rookie or something, you could go, like, oh, this is fine. But this is, like, you know, when I'm expecting MVP-level Burrow, this is bad. Uh, I think he'll be fine this week. I don't think he puts together two performances like this. But, to me, this is – the second worst game he played after the Pittsburgh, the first Pittsburgh game did enough to win, I guess, didn't put the ball in harm's way, but yeah, I mean, there is an out route. He just sails over T Higgins head. There's the obvious one of he sails the deep ball on the fake screen and go to T Higgins. He missed a slot. uh, He missed a, a seam route deep that should have been intercepted led Tyler Boyd too far. Um, felt like decision making wasn't all there like he missed a touchdown to chase on uh like a, a high low on the outside corner just a lot of stuff he is so much of he's not like um another elite quarterback like Josh Allen who does that from time to time but he makes up for it because he just does alien things too Burrow doesn't really do alien things i think this is a big reason why he gets a little bit underrated by the film heads of twitter He's really just always on time, always makes an optimal, if not the perfect decision and is shockingly accurate, especially down the field. Um, But not on Sunday. If you are a burrow hater, there's plenty of clips for you to find, but the weirdest thing too, is also, I'm not a QB mechanics guru. I've watched a Chad Pennington video and a little bit of a Sean Payton video on this, but I I don't claim to be an expert. And I don't know if I ever want to be, but you know, like, Lines his feet up. The base is good and wide. It's not too narrow, not too wide. You know, his shoulders are lined up. He throws and the ball just goes yeehaw right over top of the receiver. I'm like, he's so mechanically sound, um especially when you listen to guys like JT O'Sullivan on the QB school break it down He's like, yeah, he's the most mechanically sound, or one of the most mechanically sound quarterbacks in the league. Always gets his feet set, always does this. And I'm just watching, I'm like, he still did that. <laughs> Why is the ball going, like, way over there? But I think he just, there was some rust. There is some feel of, you know, what happened the week before I think there was a less practice time to sharpen up I think you'll be fine I I think it was a very uncharacteristically bad game and I would not be surprised at all if the Bengals don't have too much issue moving the ball on Sunday I think the Ravens defense is good I think they'll they'll punch above what their weight class seems but I don't predict them to have like three scoring drives. And one of them is just a deep ball uh, down the left sideline, that explosive play. I think they'll be able to move little by little down the field like they have been during their winning streak.
1: Yeah. And you have to wonder if this was more of the conservative game plan that they were going with. I know you mentioned, and we talked about on the last podcast, felt similar to, you know, the week five of of what they, they put out there offensively. Nothing Knew nothing too crazy with this offense, and and maybe it is just because it was a strange week for Joe Burrow and this offense. But when you have five drives and you can't put up points, that was a little concerning to watch. Um, And as you mentioned, things that Joe normally does correctly just wasn't hitting. And uh, he was the first to admit it after the game. We we caught him on Jamar Chase's Instagram Live saying, "I played like crap today."
0: Yeah, he admitted (laughs) too. So I'm not being mean to him. Just you know, to be mean to him like.
1: Yeah, he played,
0: played bad. He admitted it. It's I don't think it had anything to do with the defense. He got got like a few times like yeah, that happens. Like the, the concepts also got got like that's also the thing here is it's not just him. Like he had some bad reads and missed some opportunities, never made a read that was so bad it should have been picked. Even the ball I said should have been picked was more his, his inaccuracy. Um, But yeah, that he didn't play well. And I think it's fine to say that that is a great time to not play well in a game. You're probably going to win as long as you're not abysmal. He wasn't that; He was just normal, bad. And you know, you're getting it out of the way. Now you got, do you think he has a single game like that during the playoff run? I don't think so.
1: Joe is good for like maybe a couple bad games a season to be completely honest with you. In the short time he's been in Cincinnati, look, this is only two and a half years right now that we've seen Joe as a NFL quarterback for this team. And when he plays bad, he normally can bounce back in the second half. His game, it, it's something we don't talk about, but we would have talked about it if they won the game. If you go back to week one, Joe was awful in the first half, but he came back in the second half and we really can't talk about it because they didn't win the game. Yeah. But if they we weren't able to make one extra point, we would, we would be talking about Joe's comeback in the second half. I remember going into the Saints game early. I was like, man, Joe just isn't looking like himself right now. And then he just balls out in Louisiana. And that's just Joe. I agree with you. I don't think it's two back-to-back games. I do want to see more from this offense when it comes to the postseason because they have the guys. And I even think Hayden Hurst can be a weapon that we see in the postseason and maybe on Sunday night. So... I think we'll see better, you know, better things out of Burrow. I'm not, not too concerned about it, but one thing you mentioned, and I think it makes me feel a little bit better is you go back and you watch the tape. We can both admit this is one of the best defenses in the playoffs when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, but it's nothing that they can't overcome when you're the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Yeah. To me, um, this is front to bottom, probably the best AFC playoff defense, Mm -hmm. but right there with the Bengals like I I do think the Bengals defense is right there and when you think of matchups though I really think that if they somehow would play the Chargers that might be the worst defensive matchup for them just because you've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and we have seen what elite edge rushers especially when they have another guy can do to this offense Um, Jonah Williams isn't having his best season and you now have a backup right tackle who admittedly I think so far has been better in pass production than the starter. Um, I I think I'm there right now, (laughs) but it's a a small sample. So I don't want to go off the rails with that. And now you have a backup right guard too. So they can usually handle one guy, like a Chris Jones. They can handle one Chris Jones and scheme around it and scheme it up like that. But when it's like a TJ Watt and a Cam Hayward, or it's, Uh, well, Miles Garrett, I guess, did it on his own. He doesn't really have somebody else (laughs) in that game. Although Joey gave up a sack to like a seventh-round rookie, so you know it was another guy getting pressure. (laughs) I don't know. I I do think that the pressure could be the issue, but I don't I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to generate enough pressure that it really stymies the Bengals' offense.
1: We'll say with quarterbacks right now. I do appreciate when people put news out before we record. Um, so Lamar Jackson pretty much tweeted that he is not going to be playing. We wish Lamar Jackson the absolute best. You hate when a star quarterback's dealing with an injury. There were reports after the game, the week 18 game, there was, you know, a chance maybe Lamar Jackson comes back for the playoffs. And unfortunately, it, it sounds like from Lamar Jackson himself that the PCL is still something that's bothering him right now. And it doesn't sound like there's a really good timetable on when he will return. And, and obviously, this is wild card weekend. So if the Ravens are out. To be determined if Lamar Jackson ever plays for the Baltimore Ravens again or, or what his offseason looks like. But Lamar's out right now. And that's a whole different matchup in the quarterback room when you look at Anthony Brown and Tyler Huntley.
0: Yeah. Um neither one is really that imposing. I have seen the takes about how they are more scared of Huntley as a thrower than Lamar. And you shouldn't be. Yeah, get, all right, all right. Fun game. Guess. Guess the what is it, uh, Tyler Huntley's season high combined passing and rushing yardage in a single game this year? Uh, season high, um, one hundred and fifty. Wow! Yeah, that jeez. No, it's uh, it's actually um, one against Denver. He had a hundred and ninety three but that's not even 200 yards no. like, combined. Oh wait, that's the, uh, sorry, counted the wrong stat there. He did have 228 against Denver, but that's pretty low. Hey, man, the, the, Anthony Brown threw for, uh, had a total of 280 yards. Uh, he had
1: 280. I didn't even go yes. back to that.
0: Yeah. The, Anthony Brown had 280 yards this past game. Tyler Humley hasn't even gotten within 50 yards of that. So what are you so scared of? is my question because like, He's, he's kind of a check down Charlie. He always, he, he doesn't like to go deep. He's got the throwing tendonitis. It's not like he's coming into this game with a clean bill of health. And I just, I, I don't think I'd be that concerned about Huntley. He's not even that great of a, a runner right now. His highest rushing total is the 41 yards against Denver. And his best average per carry is 4.1. Like, I don't know, man. (laughs) When I look at this, I'm just like, I don't think you should be nervous of Tyler Huntley. Like Lamar has gone under 4.1 yards per carry twice this in, in the 13, 12 games he played this year.
1: Well, the thing is, it's so wild because there are people, you mentioned the Tyler Huntley takes, and then there are some over in Baltimore Ravens land who say, well, Anthony Brown gives them a better chance than Tyler Huntley. Look, if Tyler Huntley can go, they're going to go with Tyler Huntley in this playoff game. I would be shocked if they went with Anthony Brown, but we could find out obviously during pregame what that's starting to look like when they're roaming up for the quarterbacks. But I trust Lou. I just do. I think, you know, again, I don't want to get to our prediction just yet, but I did want to talk about the quarterback news. I'm not too afraid of Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. If Lamar Jackson,
0: anybody should be. Um, If this team loses, it's because of the Ravens defense or because they shoot themselves in the foot that could go hand in hand.
1: One hundred percent. And as I mentioned before, it's an AFC North game, so those are never easy, especially when you see an opponent back-to-back weeks. But we'll get to more of that predictions and scores at the end of the podcast next. We'll get to your questions. Thanks for sending them on Twitter. Follow along, Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at Ellen Patterson next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This, this
0: is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thank you for sending your Twitter questions. We're going to go ahead and get to those now. I'm going to start with Bill Braver. He says, it seems that within the media, they have concerns for a ground game. I've seen a good defense make it tough. What do you think? And I did see that a lot today when it comes to the running game for the Cincinnati Bengals this past week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's going to be tough to run the ball. Like that, that I think is going to, Stand. Um, when Clias Campbell plays, the Ravens defense is really good against the run. They've been good against the run since Roquan Smith came. He's a very good linebacker. Um, just, yeah, it's probably not going to be easy running the ball this week. Uh, I think it'll be slightly better. Maybe that's cope. Hope. I don't know. But I it's hard to get worse than what they did on the ground because their only big game got brought back from a penalty. So I, I think it could be better. I don't think that the Bengals' plan here is going to be to pound the rock unless they're winning. And they should be, so maybe it eventually gets there. But I do think they're they're going to come out guns blazing.
1: All right, we'll go with P.J. Smith. This is an off-season question, but we'll go ahead and bring it up because I think the playoffs are very important when it comes to this. And so was the 2022 season. He says, if you can only keep one, who do you keep? Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt.
0: Ooh. Um, on the field, I may actually lean Pratt. I, I I feel like that's the crazy take. And also off the field, he costs less, I assume. I, I don't think I don't think you've outpriced yourself. I don't think the Bengals are gonna do that. So I feel like the safe thing to do is to say Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson is the green dot. He does the communication. When Logan Wilson was out, it was Pratt. So I feel like he could take over, but I'd also think that they picked Wilson because of, you know, other things, leadership, and he's a great locker room guy, smart guy. They picked him. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'd keep Pratt, but I fully understand keeping Wilson because it's really about the same level of linebacker. They're both like fringe top 12 guys. Um, I I don't have a list. So, I don't. I went conservative with 12. I wanted to say 10 and be a homer. I'll say 10, sure. Fringe top 10 guys. Uh, What's the difference? 12, 10, who cares? Uh, So, uh, they're both fringe top 10 guys. I think that I would pay Pratt because he's cheaper. And I think it's harder to find somebody who can do what he does. Um, both versatile wise, he can play on the edge in some penny packages. And uh, he's very athletic to be able to run in man-to-man coverage or when he matches a receiver vertically. Where are you?
1: I I think they're going to go Logan Wilson.
0: They will, yes. I Um, I, I don't think this is even a question what they they do. I am being the dissenting opinion. Prepare to look dumb because I feel like the Bengals have only made good decisions lately.
1: They have. And here's the thing about Jermaine Pratt. He is one of my favorite players. I think it's so fun to watch him in B.J. Hill's relationship. They obviously went to college together. Uh, B.J. Hill said in the locker room the other day, he's like, he's not playoff P. I'm not calling him that. His name is Jermaine. Unless he gets a touchdown in the playoffs, I'll call him playoff P. And I, and I love everything about that. I think he's awesome. I do think there's... You can't look too much into social media and what people tweet out after games, because there's a lot of emotion. I think Jermaine Pratt wants to be out there hundred percent of the time. Third down guy, totally understand it. Totally. And I totally- think the
0: Bengals pull them off because they are preparing for an Akeem davis Gaither world or maybe a Marcus Bailey world. I don't know. That might be a competition next year if they don't draft somebody. I don't think they're going to sign anybody. I think they like the guys in house.
1: So I think that is something to think about when it comes to those offseason conversation and Jermaine Pratt once would want what he would would like to to produce on the field and maybe that's different conversation that he's having with the Bengals front office so unfortunately I love Jermaine Pratt I wish they could keep both of them, but before the season I didn't think that they were going to extend Jermaine Pratt, but then he had this amazing season and I'm like well I look dumb. Uh, because they d- now he's now he's playing great. And I said, Oh, they're not gonna extend Jermaine because they have Logan Wilson to worry about. So unfortunately, I don't think Jermaine comes back next year, but I would love to be wrong. He is he is being uh he's a fun player to watch this season, and then obviously he was fun to watch in the postseason last year. So let's see what happens. Big level says, Do the Jermaine tr- Chase drops concern you at all? He's dropped some easy ones for standard this year.
0: Not really. Uh, but, I mean, he's also caught some crazy ones. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not concerned about the drops until it's like Deontay Johnson level where anytime he gets thrown the ball, I go, <sighs> type thing. I don't know. It's like not a big, the Chad drop balls too. It's It just happens. Tease drops and passes. It doesn't seem to be a physical thing. It doesn't really seem to even be that much of a mental thing. It's just like once in a while, ball just doesn't stay in his hands. He's not Larry Fitzgerald, whatever.
1: Oh no! Yeah, I'm totally fine with it. On uh, I, I wish, and I know he wants it back. The the touchdown touchdown on the right sideline. Yep. Oh my goodness! It was it was a Jamar chase catch all the way, and unfortunately, Higgins
0: also wants that probable touchdown down the right sideline back.
1: Yep. Yep, yeah, but one hundred percent. And you know what? I feel like Joe gets T in the end zone this week. I truly do. I feel like he wanted him last okay. week, and and he, and again, we'll get, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be predicting that just yet. But um, but I think that's gonna happen. We'll see a makeup for not getting him in last week, and um, I. I don't think, yeah, the drops aren't a concern. I mean, goodness, you remember before his rookie year, what everybody made out of his <laughs> preseason drops. That was absolutely insane to think about now. Any hey, way? I did
0: too. I remember writing an article saying this is the worst preseason I've seen from a rookie, uh, like first round pick.
1: Hey, look, I'm glad you're wrong.
0: In general. Was, I, I, I wasn't, I, technically I wasn't wrong. You have four drops on five targets or something like that. He, he turned it around. I, I remember saying I was mildly concerned after I wrote all that. I was like, I'm mildly concerned that this blood that bleeds into the season.
1: But you remember, man. Like you remember, and in oh, my least yeah. pro football talk, retweeting that maybe the football needs to get painted differently. So, like a college style football, so Jamar can catch the ball again and just all this absolutely insane things. And then Jamar comes out there and catches his first touchdown versus the Minnesota Vikings and had his rookie of the year season. We'll flip to the defensive side, too. Again, TB82 says, Is CTV playing as well as my untrained eyes believe? And will I, he okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna add more to this. And will he be an elite combo with Cheeto next year?
0: I think Taylor Britt is playing to expectations. I wouldn't say he is that far above it. You could already look back to just this past week and Sammy Watkins makes two back shoulder catches on him. You think of Terrace Marshall kind of dunking on him. I think he gets targeted, he gets the the red triangle. We're, we're reading this. We're coming at this guy sometimes. And early on it, there has been a few games early on. He'll like give some stuff up. And then when it matters most, he comes back and he makes a pass break up or he makes a big play. And that I think he's been fine. I don't think we should go too far. He's a very willing tackler. I don't think that goes away. My concern with him is I think at the catch point right now, because there's been, a few too many dunks (laughs) uh that he's there in position he's just not making a play on the ball so i I, I, i'd slow the horses just a tiny bit i don't know how good you think he's doing but i I don't think i'd classify it as great or anything and next season honestly this sounds mean but i kind of hope he's eli apple level next year because i think apple's played better and i think apple has been pretty good uh I I think he gets the bad rap. I think everybody wanted him gone and he's still pretty good.
1: I think Eli Apple feels a little bit like a steal for them for the price that they got him for in the off season at that position. If you think about it, I mean, they didn't overpay for him or anything like that. thought he was going to come back more as a, 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 obviously starting you have Cheeto out there too. I didn't think Cam Taylor Britt was going to start his rookie year, but unfortunately they were dealing with injuries. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. If you told me right now that Cam Taylor-Britt would be playing at the Eli Apple level, it's crazy to say out loud. <laughs> I would take it in a heartbeat when you go into next season. But Also,
0: probably temper expectations on Cheeto, at least to start next year with the ACL. They, they, people usually don't come back full go right away. Um, you can even think back to Geno Atkins. He had a down year. Um, Cheeto might not have a whole down year, but just take it easy on him early on. You know, it might not be the Cheeto we remember until he gets his legs under him again.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And and the thing about Cheeto again, just have to give this dude credit. He's in the, I hate being this person. He's such a football guy, Uh, but he's in the meeting rooms. He's out there on the sideline. Every single home game. I see him out there. He could be in the suite upstairs and he's, he's there with his team. And I think that's so cool for a guy who's recovering from an ACL. He's still a really big part of the team. So you hope, He's helping with the secondary room, too, and, and helping giving Cam Taylor-Britt any advice while he's out there, too, and that's a good guy to have on your side. We'll go with Tired dad man. <laughs> he says, how does a full season with Cordell Volson compare to a full season of Quentin Spain?
0: Okay, I think Spain was better last year. Uh, uh, I think Spain played good in the first half of last year even getting into the second half, but he got carted off the field in that first Kansas city matchup and he came back and wasn't as good. I thought he was fine at times, but also a liability at times. We saw them in the super bowl Everybody's everybody's liability against Aaron Donald, except for Joe Tooney. Um Yeah. Overall, I think, I think Quinn Spain was legitimately good for a large portion of last year. I think Cordo Wilson has been more along the lines of fine ups and downs. He had a pretty bad game week 18 to finish off the regular season So I would consider him fine. I would say Spain is better, but it fully makes sense why you don't go with Spain because Volson's a rookie going to get better. He's going to be cheaper long-term. There's a lot of reasons why Volson's the better option for the team.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you right there. We'll go with Sean. He says, is Mixon the most easily replaceable part of the whole offense next year?
0: Um. Running back is usually pretty replaceable when they're not playing at like an elite level. I, uh, maybe right tackles look pretty replaceable. Although the power is what's missing. Like college used to be able to move guys. Like if you wanted to change out columns for identity, I'm not sure. Let's see the playoff run. This is small sample size still. I'm not sure there's a big difference and it might be better pass pro worse run blocking, which I think is, about the higher end of expectations coming in so i don't know it could be right tackle Make, uh, could you replace i assume you mean starters like you don't mean like yeah. uh yeah yeah like uh trent Irwin type who's not replaceable in my heart but i feel like you could find a guy if you need to um yeah like i uh, i don't know i i think that I think those are the two most replaceable right now, Collins and Mixon.
1: Yeah, and I think that the front office has a lot of important decisions to make this offseason about current guys that they're going to extend and then guys that they might move on from. I'm not saying that's Joe Mixon, but I'm sure that conversation will happen. We'll stay with Maine Bengals, going to go to the offensive line. Adenogy and Sharping are different players than Collins and Kappa. How can the O-line adjust to maximize identity and Sharping strengths?
0: They're both a little bit more athletic than the two guys who are replacing the guys who are replacing are kind of your classic 90s power big run it down their throat type although sharping's big. I didn't realize he was like 325 or something like that um, So I think you could maximize them a little bit more by doing more zone stuff. They were really heavy into the power stuff when it was all that right side of Kappa and Collins. You're probably not generating the same type of movement also they are going to be lacking a bit on that double team they had one that was pretty bad in the limited snaps of sharpening so that's just something that comes with gelling though i think you know like a, they're not stepping lockstep together you know like one's here then one comes and there's not you want to have the old drill is to put a, a pad in between the two hips and you want to be able to hold that pad there. As you go for the double team, they were not holding the pad. There was like a foot and a half of separation in between the pads fallen down. (laughs) Uh, So that I, I don't know if you want to keep trying to do some of the power and gap running that they do, but I think they could theoretically be better at zone stuff. Identity already looks better than Collins did on some of the wide zone stuff they got to under center.
1: I think a lot of people in the outside world, when they see two offensive line starters go down, and believe me, well, Alex Kappa out there more than anyone. He's one of their best. Yeah, Kappa, off- Kappa to
0: me is the best offensive lineman. So yeah. this is the thing. Is, uh, I don't think he's going to be as good as Kappa in pass protection. You're probably going to need to protect him a little bit.
1: Yeah, I I want him out there, one Alex Cap out there. Lyle Collins has, has struggled for most of the season and I still feel like he was battling an injury um for most of the regular season and then obviously okay. out with his ACL. But at the same time If you are the outside world and you see two starters go down, your biggest question, I know I got it this week from people who don't follow the Cincinnati Bengals every day, like, oh, wow, their offensive line is starting to fall apart with those two guys. You have to remember what Joe Burrow had in the playoffs last year. This offensive line is still better than all of the pieces, I would say, that they had last year. And we're going to find out more this weekend.
0: Yeah, well, it needs to be better than the offensive line they boasted out there last year because that really limited the offense. If it's that bad, then we are in trouble. Probably not this week, but the Bengals might be in trouble for the future. Um, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think that's why they claim Max Sharping. I think that's why they worked out at energy right at tackle, which I was a proponent of finding somebody that played at this level before but he's come in and bit solid so I'm, I'm not as worried as i was early on when i found out he was coming in um i think the name recognition and thinking of the playoff run made me go oh no <laughs> but he was at guard in that run so when it was prince i was back to oh no because i was like oh no prince uh, th- prince was the right tackle last <laughs> for the playoff run
1: Dude, no, I agree with you. I think Hakeem at a tackle position, you know, may benefit them versus what he had to play last year in just a position he wasn't really familiar and comfortable with. Uh, thank you, as always, everybody who sent questions. A lot of you asked about Jermaine Pratt if he was coming back next year. I feel like we kind of got to that question already when we were talking about Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. Really appreciate it. A couple Eli Apple appreciation tweets in there, too. So I'm asking, if, hey, is he playing good this year? And I feel like we said Eli Apple answer. Yeah. Playing
0: pretty
1: good. Yeah, playing pretty good. Enough out there um, compared to a lot of uh, cornerbacks in the NFL. So we'll take it. But we'll get to the prediction next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This this is It's Always Game Day in
0: Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Prediction time! It is here. It's playoff weekend, super wild card weekend at Paycor Stadium. They're playing at home. It's Sunday night football, one of the biggest nights of the week, and I'm so grateful they're not playing on Monday. Bengals and Ravens back to back weeks. What's going to happen?
0: I think the Bengals are going to have a better time on offense. I just think it's this defense is good. I don't think there's some type of secret burrow kryptonite i've seen the takes um so i think the Bengals' offense does fine i think they move the ball pretty well it's still a good defense i don't want to try to say Bengals 40 or something like that although that's what i'm hoping for the ravens offense whether it's huntley or brown i have no faith in them in a playoff situation in a situation where the team's going to be preparing for these guys no I I don't see them doing much there. Tyler Huntley's season high in points in a game he starts is 17, and Anthony Brown hit 16 in the only game he started. So I'm going to go spreads at 10. I think I'm saying Bengals 27. I don't think they get to 30. I think the Ravens defense is good enough to hold them back from 30. And if this was Lamar, maybe they even can score up to 27. Plus, you know, make it like a a real down to the wire game. I don't think it will be 27 for the Bengals, 13 for the Ravens.
1: I'm so close to your prediction. I will go ahead and say what my score is and then I'll get to why I'm going 28, 17. I agree with you. I don't think they get to 30. I think one of the things we talk about in this matchup, the big picture is Lamar Jackson isn't out there, but you do need to focus on the defense. I almost wanted to put it out there today. When you think of the AFC playoff picture, who is going to, you know, Test this offense the most, and I do think it's Baltimore over the other teams. I I do think they have a lot of talent out there, and we saw it this past weekend. They didn't sit out all of their starters. I think the Bengals have a great defense, and I that's why I trust Lou against another backup and Tyler Huntley. Lou has seen Tyler Huntley, and if it's Anthony Brown, he just saw Anthony Brown a week ago. So I really trust these players to come out.
0: Lou seen Tyler Huntley last year? No, Josh Johnson played that game.
1: Oh my gosh! Way to correct me. Why did I think it was Tyler Huntley?
0: Everybody does. The, the, Josh also played like one game for the Ravens that year. It was the Bengals game. They still haven't played Tyler Huntley. That's, I guess, the one advantage you have is that they have not seen Tyler Huntley in close up, in close in person. Just...
1: Take back take back those 30 seconds that I just said about Tyler Huntley and Lou. Um, that is a big fail on my end. I apologize. I don't know why in my head I thought that was the Tyler Huntley game. And he played I bet if that... I put
0: a tweet out, who I just asked? Who played against the Bengals when Lamar missed last year? I would probably get like 80% Tyler Huntley.
1: I'm going to need you to do that to make me feel a little better? I don't don't, Um, (laughs) know. Because, man, that's a fail on my end. But I will just say this. Look at me all confident. I'm like, last year? Last year he saw him. No, he did not. As you mentioned, Josh Johnson, who, if you go to his Wikipedia page, he has pretty much played for every NFL team, and he has the best job in the NFL because Every
0: CFL, every XFL, every USFL. He's played on about 40 different teams. Legend for the deep cut here. For those of you who loved NFL head coach, oh – nine i think maybe oh eight i think it was oh nine he was awesome in that game it was his rookie year he was same draft class as flacco uh so both things i know from a video game because i would not know that otherwise um yeah if you if you played nfl head coach 09 and you're a big josh johnson guy let me know
1: First of all, I would have never thought he was the same age as as, uh, I don't know
0: about age that one, I'd have to check. They've got near the same
1: age, probably close for you. You keep going, probably close. So, so I fail. I fail. Lou has not seen Tyler Huntley, but he's seen enough uh tape on Tyler Huntley this season over the last month when it comes to this offense. So, I do trust the defense and being able to stop him as far as getting down the field, he's still playing injured too. He's been limited for the last couple of weeks. He was throwing at practice. So that's obviously a good thing for Baltimore. I think one of the concerns I do have with Baltimore's offense is Mark Andrews and JK Dobbins. will be back. So you're going to have to be able to stop JK and the tight end position just always terrifies me, but they've done a good job against Travis Kelsey when they've seen him in the past, it feels like Mark Andrews always gets his. Um, So those are just two things that I would like to point out when you think of Baltimore offense against the Bengals defense but I just have faith in them I think that we're going to see a repeat of what we saw last year in the postseason with this crew and offensively Joe Burrow I'll say right here and hey if I'm wrong you can pull the tape I don't think we see two back-to-back bad games from Joe Burrow I think he can do enough with this offense and uh, he's going to be hitting his guys Jamar Chase and T Higgins I think T Higgins gets his touchdown that I thought he was going to get last week uh, Mm -hmm. but I don't see them getting to 28 because yeah give credit to Baltimore's defense this isn't going to just be an easy game where they get walked down the field um they are going to see pressure and they're division rivals these teams are both playing to move on to the next round in the postseason that's never easy that's why I kind of felt look if Tua would have played in the Buffalo game that maybe that game is going to look a little different because you're seeing two AFC East teams play crazy things happen when you're playing a division opponent so yeah I I think it's going to be close at times but I think the Bengals do enough to to pull away and make it 28-17.
0: Uh, for those waiting at the edge of their seat, Josh Johnson is one year younger than Joe Flacco.
1: Still. How old are they? 36
0: versus 37. Flacco's 37. Matt Ryan, also in that draft class, he's, he's 37.
1: In my eyes, Josh Johnson is forever just a young quarterback just jumping on a bunch of other teams and just collecting Yum. Young.
0: Checks. I remember him with the Bucks in the Josh Freeman era. So I, I, do, I did know he was old.
1: I never I never I even though I know he's been in the league for a long time for me it's just oh, just this young guy jumping on a bunch of different teams this this is
0: probably an egregious level of me being like too into football like why do you know Josh Johnson's draft class that he played for the Josh Freeman era bucks and all this other stuff like he was a backup he played for the Bengals Do you remember that
1: I do. And I have a story about it. So we used okay. to do a show called beyond the stripes. I did it with Paul Daner and um, a couple of people from the inquire and Josh Johnson actually taught me how to throw a football. Oh, so there's, it, of-
0: now, Sean Payton taught me you're supposed to be able to see through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See through your, I was doing my hand thing. When oh, you yeah. hold the ball, you don't hold the ball on your palm. You want to be able to see through your hand in between the ball and the hand. So that was something I learned from Sean Payton, future Future coach for who?
1: The Denver Broncos or Arizona. Oh,
0: Broncos. I would say no.
1: <laughs> Arizona oh.
0: Cardinals. I'll say Cardinals. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know they requested the interview. Uh, if, I was, if I was, if I'd see the Broncos, they have that Walmart
1: money.
0: Unless I haven't looked at all at what Russell Wilson looked like this year, I'm going, no. <laughs> I'm stuck with Russell Wilson for the next like three years. now. See ya.
1: So here's what's going to happen. He's going to turn out to be just like a Josh McDaniel situation, the hot coach that everybody wants, and he's not going to be that great. This is my opinion.
0: I'm I'm complete opposite. I think he'll be great wherever he goes.
1: Really? So you think if he goes to Super Bowl winning
0: head coach, Sean Payton. Okay. Multiple – what? Multiple division titles.
1: Bill Belichick, Super Bowl winning coach. He's still making the playoffs he didn't this year almost he did okay that's a bad example but i want to go back to my point about sean payton so you he's going to go to a team if we if he does go to arizona cardinals you're going to have cardinals. a quarterback coming from an ACL, which you can come back from in no time now that is a whole different injury than it used to be
0: you worry a little bit about kyler's mobility i think but yeah
1: yeah something like that so you you think of I'm the trying
0: life. to trade hopkins though I, I That's feel like what I was. if i was, was peyton i'd go keep hopkins no you're not allowed to trade him if i'm coming here
1: but, you know, again, social media, DeAndre pretty much saying his little nice little goodbye on his Instagram. Yes, like, I think he's
0: gone. I don't know. If, better get I'm Peyton. I just keep saying no. Like, I don't need the head coach right now. Like, none of these jobs are that good. Not that jobs are ever that good. Yeah. <laughs> when they open up, they're opening up for a reason. But like, the Texans are the Texans. They have the first pick, but I don't think I'd go with that. What I think he might do is nobody this year, like Dan Quinn did last year and might do again this year. Um, I think he goes with nobody in my prediction. He he loves Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. And whoever has the first overall pick next year, I think is who he goes to.
1: So I like that. And this that might be okay for me. My fear was that the Browns were going to fire their head coach and go for Sean Payton. And I don't I, think
0: they're uh, – yeah, I think they're not going too.
1: to. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to. They won enough games this year to not pull the trigger. But I was like, oh, man, what if they fail and they go after Sean Payton? I don't like that one bit. Get him out of the AFC North. But I still don't – I just – maybe,
0: maybe – You think I, you said Sean Payton was going to suck. What are you worried about him being the AFC not Now I'm
1: backtracking here. Um, I don't. I'm just not a believer. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see hey, what my happens. My favorite
0: head coaching hire, and it didn't always look good last year, Doug Peterson. I ball.
1: love it. I think I think they're going to win wild Card weekend.
0: Oh, well, do we want to get there?
1: Let's go right now. We'll start okay. with the AFC. We'll start with the, the Jags and Chargers.
0: Okay, this is the Saturday night game. I think this is the best game on the slate. What do you think?
1: 100%. I'm pumped about it.
0: I was shocked this got a night game though, because this is two small fan bases. I figured the NFL is throwing this at, if we weren't one o'clock, they were one o'clock and they gave us both prime time. Although yeah, they thought Lamar was playing. <laughs> I don't I think if they had the chance to go back, this would be the, the Bengals would be the one o'clocker. Uh, I think this is going to be really tight. If this was in LA, I would feel pretty confident picking the chargers also If the Chargers didn't play their starters against the Broncos and lose Mike Williams possibly for this game, I would be pretty confident picking the Chargers. I'm going with the Jaguars. I think Doug Peterson is going to give the Chargers defense some fits. I think he's a very, very good matchup coach. I think he's also just a very good coach. Um, I don't think the Jaguars have the juice to take down Kansas City in the next round or or anything. I actually think the Chargers would have that juice but I don't think they're going to win this week because Jaguars at home. I, I, Trevor Lawrence has become that guy. They Their offense is good, and their defense, it hasn't been great, but I think the Chargers kind of shot themselves in the foot uh, playing all their guys this weekend and possibly losing Mike Williams. So this is a little bit contingent on I don't think Mike Williams plays. If Mike Williams plays, I might go Chargers, but I'm just going to go Jaguars for the fun here. Uh, that – That game seems awesome. I hope it lives up to it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know what the Chargers were thinking. If Michael All time
0: quarterback hair matchup, right?
1: One hundred percent. It should be sponsored by Pantene or something like that. <laughs> but I agree with you. I want to make a quick point that you just mentioned. I think Jags win this weekend, but I would feel better if the Chargers won because I think they could be Kansas City. And I don't think the Jags can be Kansas City, but we'll we'll move on to the other Saturday game. We're going to go Saturday, then we'll get to Sunday. This one's actually right before Chargers and Jags at Seattle and San Francisco.
0: Uh, San Francisco wins, but I do think Seattle might give them a game because I think Pete Carroll's a good head coach. And I think the offense has kind of slowed itself down. But look, you got DK Metcalf. You've got a healthier Tyler Lockett now. You got Geno Smith. Hopefully he plays as well as he normally, as he did early in the season. So I'm kind of hoping that it's a tight game, but I think San Francisco wins. They're not getting upset in this round.
1: I agree because I have San Francisco going all the way to the Super Bowl. So we'll move on to this game. We already know what we said on the last podcast, but we'll go ahead and say it now. It's Miami and Buffalo.
0: Buffalo, this isn't even going to be close. This is going to be the worst game of the week.
1: You're right. You're right. I hate that. You're right. And I want to tell people, I said go Miami because I'm selfish and I want home playoff games if the Bengals win this week. Um, I If but if it's Buffalo in the end and Kansas City, of course, I'll, I I want Buffalo to take it all the way, but not this weekend and not next weekend if it is Cincinnati and Buffalo. we yeah, will go It's actually to...
0: a Fins Up.
1: Fins, fins Up. Fins, fins go, up. Fins, fins up. <laughs> go. Beat them. Surprise, everyone. Um, because I am selfish and I like home playoff games. We will go to the next afternoon Sunday game, New York Giants and Minnesota Vikings.
0: Shockingly, probably a pretty good game, I think. I don't think that everybody remembers that these two teams played a few weeks ago and the Vikings won on a last second field goal. I'll go Vikings. I don't think the Giants have as much firepower as they need to win a playoff game. Although, no, I'm not rooting for it. I'm just rooting for a good game. I'll go Vikings though. I, I think it'll be close.
1: This is my least um, game I care about for the weekend, to be completely honest with you. By this time, I am going to be tailgating. I'm going to be getting ready for Sunday night football. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going
0: to the game. game. i vibes uh, are going so to be high. It's going to be 430,
1: but I will tell you right now, the Minnesota Vikings are the least talked about team that had a really good record, I feel like, in the NFC and the NFL overall. I'm going to go for a little bit of surprise. New York Giants are going to do enough to beat the Minnesota Vikings. It's going to be a close one, but a little payback last second field goal for the Giants to win that game. We already said at our prediction. So we are going to move right along to Monday Night Football, Dallas and Tampa.
0: Dallas. I think that Dallas hasn't played well recently. I think Tampa is kind of actually just a bad football team. And we've kind of danced around it because the Brady thing and all that. I don't I don't think they can do it. I I know Brady's, like, undefeated against the Cowboys, all these stats. Every time I watch that Buccaneers team, the first half of the Bengals game was great. If they could do that twice, sure, they'll win. I don't have any faith. I have no faith. I just – the Buccaneers have given me no reason to believe in them. They only won the division by beating the Panthers at the end of the season. Like, it was very possible the Panthers are going to win that division. (laughs) It was – The Panthers aren't a good football team. I think the Buccaneers are just – they're just not a good football team. I don't—I think the Cowboys win this game.
1: I agree with you. I was leaning towards the Tampa upset, and I kind of thought that way all week. Like, look, maybe they'll be able to do it. I actually thought
0: you were going to pick Tampa.
1: I know, because I've been saying it for like a week. Uh, No, I think Tampa's going to lose, and then Tom Brady's going to be going to Las Vegas soon. So I will go – yeah, I'll go Cowboys in this, but I don't think Cowboys go all the way to the Super Bowl.
0: I agree. They're not playing good enough football. They would have to play – well if yours holds up they would play the 49ers in the next round. If what I said holds up they play the Eagles in the next round and I think either one of those games they lose.
1: 100%. You get Jalen Hurts back and I think that's a whole different matchup for the Cowboys. Yeah, like seeing him. Oh, the
0: oh, okay, yeah. Last that time they,
1: that gotcha. they saw him, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but no, this should be fun. Honestly, I hope we're talking divisional round matchup for the Bengals next week. Should be good vibes. I'm pumped that it's Sunday night football. I think those are games that you can get more hyped for, uh, when they're at nine. It's the home team versus those one o'clock games, so it should be. A fun matchup, hoping Cincinnati is able to just get over that one and move right along to the division round more than likely against the Buffalo Bills. I know over on all Bengals, you were going to have a preview, correct?
0: It's kind of. Uh, I, I, I looked at the Ravens, and I was like, I could write a preview, like uh, a Tyler Linderbaum deep dive. It is a preview, I guess. I'm going to write about um, how I think the Bengals could and may attack the Ravens defense.
1: We'd love to see it. Make sure you check it out, All Bengals. Again, follow Mike over on Twitter. He has great content, video clips from the games, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening too. It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.